two big headlines out of Canada on the podcast this Monday. Ontario and Quebec have each announced restrictions on non-essential interprovincial travel will end at 12.01 Wednesday morning. It's a long-awaited policy change in Canada following their Indigenous Truth and Reconciliation Commission's recommendation. Indigenous people can now reclaim their traditional names on their passports and other identification. Vermont crosses the 80% vaccinated line and COVID restrictions end. No real humidity to speak of, just a cloudy 66 as we approach 4 p.m. in northeast Vermont. The rest of the region is in the 60s and cloudy, if not the lower 70s. Montreal has a severe thunderstorm wash until midnight. Bob's World is next. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. This is Bob's World, Monday, June 14th, 2021. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Welch. Here's what's happening. CBC Ottawa reports Ontario and Quebec have each announced restrictions on non-essential travel between the two provinces as ending at a minute after midnight Wednesday morning. The order banning non-essential travel between Ontario and Quebec went into effect in April. Since then, provincial and local police have intermittently staffed checkpoints at interprovincial crossings and have issued tickets or turned around motorists who don't have essential work, medical or humanitarian reasons to travel between regions. This also marks the end of Quebec's rule requiring residents returning from Ontario to self-isolate for 14 days. Ottawa's Mayor Jim Watson wrote on Twitter, I'm happy to learn that travel restrictions will be lifted between Ontario and Quebec this Wednesday. Ottawa, of course, the city of Ottawa, his jurisdiction, touches Quebec. It's just on the other side of a bridge in reality. It's the same metropolitan area on the other side of the bridge in Quebec. His quote continues, After months of wasted police resources to control travel around the national capital region, our two highly integrated economic regions will greatly benefit from this decision. Western Quebec, by the way, moved to yellow zone rules today, allowing some indoor dining and gatherings between households to resume Ontario is currently in step one of its reopening plan. Travel restrictions between Ontario and Manitoba will also be lifted Wednesday at 12.01 a.m. When survivor Peter Nakogi first went to St. Anne's Residential School in Fort Albany, Ontario, he spoke no English and had a different name. 
He told Canada's Indigenous Truth and Reconciliation Commission in 2010, quote, I got the nun really mad that I was writing in Cree, and then I only knew my name was Meniska. From the first time I heard my name, my name was Meniska. So I was whipped again because I didn't know my name was Peter, N- Peter Nagogi. After decades of that trauma, the roadblocks preventing him from having his original name reflected in federal identification are at last being removed. The Canadian government announced today that Indigenous people can now apply to reclaim their traditional names on passports and other government ID. The move comes in response to a call to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in 2015. It demanded governments allow survivors and their families to restore their names changed by the residential school system. CBC News reports Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller is saying the announcement goes a step further as it applies to all individuals of First Nations, Inuit and Métis background, potentially affecting hundreds of thousands of people who aim to reclaim their identity on official documents. Citizenship Minister Marco Mendocino says all fees will be waived for the name-changing process, which applies to passports, citizenship certificates, and permanent resident cards. Vermont has reached its 80% COVID vaccination goal. Governor Phil Scott made the announcement this morning and said, as promised, he is dropping all existing COVID restrictions in Vermont. The state crossed the threshold yesterday when 1,141 people were vaccinated. WCAX in Burlington reports this pandemic milestone means masking, social distancing, distance between tables, plexiglass barriers, and other health measures are now recommended, not required. But municipalities and businesses can place restrictions if they choose to do so. However, masking will remain in a number of settings like schools, hospitals, prisons, and public transportation, to name a few. The governor said that as of today, 80.2% of Vermont's eligible population, those 12 and over, have received at least one dose of the COVID vaccine, and nearly 82% of the population over 18 has been vaccinated. Vermont is the first state in the nation to reach the 80% vaccination rate. Now the Bob's World four-day forecast for northeast Vermont, northern New Hampshire, and southern Quebec. Today, overcast with a high around 70, a south wind at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Tonight, thunderstorms this evening, followed by occasional showers, the overnight low of 60. Scattered thunderstorms Wednesday morning make that Tuesday morning, then mainly cloudy during the afternoon with thunderstorms with a high of 73. Wednesday, sunny with a few clouds, high 70. Thursday, except for a few afternoon clouds, mainly sunny with a high of 73. Friday, partly cloudy skies and 79. Checking around the region at 404, Montreal is 65 and mostly cloudy. You have a severe thunderstorm watch in effect until midnight. The rest of the region is cloudy with just one or two or three, yes, three exceptions. Boston is cloudy in 63, Midtown Manhattan cloudy 71, Ogdensburg mostly cloudy and 73, Bangor cloudy and 69, Hartford, Connecticut, cloudy 64. Chatham, Cape Cod is mostly sunny 65. Springfield, Massachusetts, cloudy 73. Berlin, New Hampshire, partly sunny at 70. 
Kent Corners in Putnam County, New York, 64 and cloudy. Partly sunny in Halifax in 53. St. John is mostly cloudy and 61. Eastport cloudy 60. Rockland cloudy 65. Old Orchard Beach cloudy and 64. In St. Johnsbury, we have a temperature of 65 degrees under cloudy skies. The air quality index is 61. Good air quality. It feels like 65 out there. There's no uh, heat index, no dew point to really factor in. The wind is out of the south at 9 miles an hour. The barometric pressure is 29.80 inches of mercury. And for giggles here, we will bring up the dew point and find out what that number is at the hour of 4 o'clock on this Monday afternoon. And that dew point number is... 54. So yeah, not really all that much of a, a humidity situation to factor in. Repeating the St. Johnsbury temperature, cloudy 65 going down to an overnight low of 60 tonight. Hey dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can. But it's just as important to take time for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes. Their age. The way they speak. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Talk to your doctor about creating a plan that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at ManageYourBP.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. New York's Metropolitan Transportation Authority today announced the train service on all three Metro North lines servicing customers east of the Hudson River will be increased next week. Beginning next Monday, morning and afternoon peak period service will increase on the Hudson, Harlem, and New Haven lines. The change is being done in anticipation of more customers returning to the transit network as New York State prepares to lift the remaining coronavirus restrictions. Governor Andrew Cuomo plans to lift the guidelines when the state reaches a 70% vaccination rate. The state is at 69.9% today. Metro-North President Catherine Rinaldi says the railroad is ready to welcome back commuters who will find a number of changes that have been made amid the pandemic. She told WCBS 880 in New York, quote, For those of us who haven't ridden for a while, for now you'll be returning to a railroad that is better and safer than ever. We've made a lot of improvements over the last 15 months. Stations and trains are cleaner than ever thanks to a comprehensive disinfecting program. We've installed hand sanitizer dispensers at all of our stations. The real-time capacity tracking feature on the Metro North app was just expanded to the M8 fleet on the New Haven line. And positive train control has been installed across the system, making our train operation safer than ever. Metro-North plans to make more service improvements gradually throughout the summer. The agency will also begin construction on four new Metro-North stations in the Bronx. They are at Hunts Point, Parkchester, Morris Park, and Co-op City. 
The town of Conway, New Hampshire, is seeking more control over Airbnbs and short-term rental properties in residential neighborhoods. New Hampshire Public Radio reports the town filed a petition in Carroll County Superior Court last week to be able to pursue enforcement actions to shut down rentals that violated zoning rules. The town voted in April to allow short-term rentals in residential areas only if owners occupy the homes and receive town permission. The town says the rentals have caused excessive noise, illegal parking, disorderly conduct, and other problems. Renter Scott Kuderick says regulating the properties, not banning them, would be a better approach. After being canceled last year due to coronavirus restrictions, the Boston Globe reports the iconic head of the Charles Regatta is set to return to Boston this year with an extra day of racing. The world's largest rowing event, slated for October 22nd to 24th, is heading races on the Friday of that weekend in a bid to spread out the schedule and allow for addition of an alumni event on Sunday of that weekend for 2020 graduates who lost their senior season to COVID. The three-mile race attracts thousands of athletes from around the world and includes rowers of all ages from 17 to 90-plus. With COVID travel restrictions still up in the air for the fall, Regatta Executive Director Fred Skodich told The Globe the number of international participants may be lower this year. All rowers who are accepted for the 2020 event will be allowed to compete this year. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when there are parched or windy conditions out there, you got to be extra careful with things like burning yard waste. After all, wildfires can start anywhere, even in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Bob's World on this Monday, June the 14th. It is Flag Day, the 165th day of 2021 with 200 days left in the year. Country rock musician Spooner Oldham is 78. Rod Argent of the Zombies and Argent is 76. Singer Janet Lennon of the Lennon Sisters, 75. Will Patton, 67. Olympic gold medal speed skater Eric Hyten, 63. Jazz musician Marcus Miller, 62. Singer Boy George is 60. Actor Trailer Howard is 55. Actress Yasmin Bleeth is 53 years old today. And International Tennis Hall of Famer Steffi Graf is 52. And rock musician Alan White of Yes is 72. And while Yes has had some turnover through the years, Alan White has been with the group since 1972. I found it important to pick songs from bands like this so that the birthday of the person I'm mentioning, the person was actually in the band when the song was written. It checks this time. Uh, This song uh, is from their highest selling album, 90215. It's Owner of a Lonely Heart. 
Yes, an owner of a lonely heart. It is 4.17 as we're recording this podcast on this Monday, the 14th of June. I'm Bob Welch, and this is Bob's World. This date in history, 1775, the Continental Army, forerunner of the U.S. Army, was created. 1777, the Second Continental Congress approved the design of the original American flag. Keep in mind, Vermont joined... 1791 it tried to join earlier but they kept getting they kept getting turned around from the continental congress because new york claimed vermont as part of them and they had a price on the heads of ethan and ira allen i did a college paper on it i've researched it until my eyes were like uh, giving me migraines nearly the the microfilms with the with the documentation on the microfilm oh that's a great way to kill your eyesight right there 1846 a group of us settlers in sonoma proclaimed the republic of california 1911 the british ocean liner rms olympic set out on its maiden voyage for new york arriving one week later the ship's captain was edward john smith who went on to command the ill-fated rms titanic the following year 1922, Warren G. Harding became the first president heard on radio as Baltimore station WEAR broadcast his speech dedicating the Francis Scott Key Memorial at Fort McHenry. That station, WEAR, was only those call letters for two years, from 1922 to 1924. It would, there was a lot of uh, jockeying around then. Uh, the stations would start and then only be on for a couple of months. This one survived, though. It will become WFBR and would be that way from 1924 to 1990. Then it would have the calls WLIF for about a year, and to WJFK until 2008, when they became WJZ, a three-call-letter call sign for a, a, a station of 1,300 on a dial with only 5,000 watts? <laughs> you kidding me? WBZ is 50,000 watts on 1030 and can be heard in 38 states. <laughs> Why? They could. CBS was the owner at that point of the radio station, and they owned WJZ-TV Channel 13 in Baltimore. It's now no longer the same owner as CBS spun off its radio stations to Intercom, which later would become Odyssey within the past couple of months, but the call letters remain on the station. Uh, now when you sell a radio station, you split the TV and radio up, you're allowed to uh, have an agreement where the where the uh, the two stations can keep their call letters, uh, even though it's different ownership. Thirty years ago, that was not the case. 1940, German troops entered Paris during World War II, the same day the Nazis began transporting prisoners to Auschwitz, the concentration camp in German-occupied Poland. 1943, the U.S. Supreme Court in West Virginia State Board of Education versus Barnett ruled 6-3 that public school students could not be forced to salute the flag of the United States. In 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower signed a measure adding the phrase under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. So it wasn't always there. It's only been there since 1954. And someone added it. In 1972, the Environmental Protection Agency ordered a ban on domestic use of the pesticide DDT to take effect at year's end. 
Argentine forces in 1982 surrendered to British troops on the disputed Falkland Islands. 1990, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld 6-3 police checkpoints that examined drivers for signs of intoxication. President Bill Clinton nominated Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court on this date in 1993. Ten years ago, President Barack Obama made a four-hour visit to Puerto Rico, becoming the first president since John F. Kennedy to make an official visit to the U.S. territory. And the long-delayed, problem-plagued musical Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark, officially opened on Broadway on this date ten years ago. We leave you with this Ray Stevens song, which was at number one in the U.K. on this date in 1974. You've been listening to Bob's World on this Monday, June the 14th. I'm Bob Welch. Good luck and be well. Hello, everyone. This is your Action News reporter with all the news that is news across the nation on the scene at the supermarket. There seems to have been some disturbance here. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was standing over there by the tomatoes, and here he comes, running through the pole beans, through the fruits and vegetables, naked as a jaybird. And I hollered over to Ethel, I said, Don't look, Ethel! And it's too late. She'd already been in the scenes. He comes. Boogie there, boogie there. They go. Boogie there, boogie there. And he ain't wearing no clothes. Oh, yes, they call him the street. An audience to be found, you'll be streaking it round, inviting public critique. This is your action news reporter once again, and we're here at the gas station. Pardon me, sir, did you see what happened? Yeah, the I was just in here getting my car checked, and he disappeared out of the traffic. Come streaking around the grease right there. Didn't have nothing on but a smile. I looked in there and Ethel was getting her cold drink. My heart, don't look, Ethel! And it's too late. She'd already been mooned. Flashed her right there in front of the shop. He ain't rude. Boogie dead, boogie dead. He ain't rude. Boogie dead, boogie dead. He's just in the mood to ride in the noose. Oh, yes, they call him the street. Boogie dead, boogie dead. He likes to turn the other cheek. Boogie dead, boogie dead. He's always making the news. Wearing just his tennis shoes. Guess you could call him unique. Once again, your Action News reporter in the booth at the gym covering the disturbance at the basketball playoff. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, see. Hey, I'm just going down there to get Ethel a snow cone. Here he come, right out of the cheap seats. Dribbling. Right down the middle of the court. Didn't have on nothing but his head. Made a hook shot and got out through the concession stand. I hollered up at Ethel. I said, don't look, Ethel! Too late. She'd already got a free shot. Grandstand. Right there in front of the home.